0: Welcome into A to Z Sports powered by TennesseeTickets.com. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Zach Bingham. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at It Is Sports. and you like our Facebook page at It Is Esports Nashville. We are Nashville's on demand sports talk show and we go live every weekday morning. At 8 Central Time. Got to thank our sponsors because they make everything happen for our show, for our business, and for you guys. TennesseeTickets.com. If you're looking to make the trip up to Baltimore, you absolutely can save money at TennesseeTickets.com, where they have zero hidden fees, unlike all those other websites. And promo code AZ10 saves uh, you $10 extra off your already savings at TennesseeTickets.com. So check them out for any of your ticket needs. For this weekend, Preds also in town, uh, back home against Boston uh, tomorrow night too. So TennesseeTickets.com is where to go. Renters Warehouse, RentersWarehouse.com is where to find out how much your home can rent for. They are the professional landlords in the Nashville area, and just go to the website. You can do two things. You can you can create. Uh, more equity in your home by not selling your house and you can also create another cash flow for you and your family by renting your house out to others instead of selling your home which is only a one-time transaction renterswarehouse.com is where to go and mandu the pulse of fitness One 15-minute workout at Mandu simulates five-plus hours in the weight room. We're up here on stage here at the Nash House. Zach was climbing up on the stage. He did Mandu on Saturday, which means Monday, two-day soreness from Mandu. Oh, yeah. He had to to slowly get up the stage, but Mandu will work you. It's a good soreness, It's a great soreness. It's a soreness that shows you're doing something good. Mandu.com, start your 2020 off right, achieve those fitness goals. Mandu.com, your first workout is absolutely Free. So Zach, how you feeling? This is Monday morning. We had a lot of crazy social media coverage, a lot of good shows Saturday throughout that Titans game live at the Mainstay. How are you feeling as you woke up Monday morning ready for a week where the Titans are still playing playoff football and now they go to Baltimore?
1: Well, you feel good. I mean, both both you and I predicted the Titans to win that game because we felt like they had the better team. They had the better roster. Maybe not the quarterback and coach, but as we'll talk about here in a second, I think... On that night, Saturday night, the Titans had the better coach. I think Mike Vrabel outcoached Bill Belichick, but Titans fans got to be feeling pumped up and happy. It, it's the same type of feeling when they beat Kansas City a couple of years ago, and they get one more week, and there's only a select few uh, NFL football teams, and we go through the grind. Now, we don't physically go through the grind on the field of of NFL football players, but we're, I mean, we work hard during the football season. And the payoff is postseason games. And now it's not a singular postseason game. It's plural because they're going to move on to Baltimore. And you got to feel a lot better about this team. But we know, I think the best part about it is two things. And we'll talk about the whole season and the, the outlook of the franchise at a later date, Austin. But mm-hmm. one of the main things that you said heading into this season is they got to figure out – If Marcus Mariota is the guy. That
0: was objective number one for me. They
1: found that objective. He was obviously not the guy. Right. But when their season season changed changed was when Ryan Tannehill came in and he completely, he changed the, the outlook of this season because you watch that Patriots game and there were times where he got pressured. He was getting harassed. And you know what? He either threw the ball away, he got out, out of the pocket, where you felt like if Mariota was in the game, he would be sacked. That mm-hmm. was the game-changing moment of the season, and that, I believe, is one of the reasons. Obviously, Derrick Henry is a
0: massive reason, but one of the reasons why the Tennessee Titans are still here. Yeah, you brought up the 2017, or the, I guess the, the Kansas City Chiefs win and the 2017 playoffs, and I felt like in that game, the Titans got lucky. I feel like the Titans got a lot of breaks against the Chiefs. Like the Moriota batted pass down where he caught it. Well, they
1: weren't the better team in that game. And
0: that's exactly where I was going. The Titans were definitely the better team Saturday night in Foxboro. I don't think they were the better team against the Chiefs. Travis Kelce got knocked out with a concussion, like we know by Jonathan Ciprin bringing the boom downhill there on the tight end, the best tight end of the game potentially. And then the batted pass touchdown, a lot of other breaks happened in that game where the Titans were able to catch the right bounce in that game. The the Titans, I thought, were the better team from the beginning to the very end against the Patriots, and not many teams go in there and win that game if they're the better team. A lot of teams go into Foxborough and maybe they outplay the Patriots, but they make a couple key mistakes where they tighten up in that moment and they look at the banners up in the, up in the stadium and, and, and kind of freak out a little bit. The Titans kept their composure the entire way. And they're playing, we remember, they're playing with a lot of guys who are not starting, starting caliber players in the NFL, especially on defense. Ty Smith... Tremaine Brock, LaShawn Sims, and Jayon Brown goes out early, early, early in that game. I went back and rewatched the game last night. David Long struggled early when he came in. He's a rookie out of West Virginia. He struggled early right when he got in for Jayon Brown. But by the end of the game, David Long was playing pretty good football. And so you start to see these, these guys who are role players, backups, who are rising to the occasion and doing it in the hardest place to win a playoff game Foxborough, Massachusetts,
1: and in a position where it's all or nothing, it's win or go home. So yeah. the pressure—I uh, mean—the pressure definitely goes up in that sense. So I want to talk about two ways Mike Vrabel outcoached Bill Belichick in the Titans' playoff win over the Patriots. But I do want to say one thing. I went back and I rewatched the game as well, and one singular play goes unnoticed. Okay, the the goal line stopped. that was impressive. Yeah, but nobody—and we sit there and we graded Ryan Tannehill like we do every single week. One thing that I don't think we get enough credit to Ryan Tannehill, it was third and 10, the first touchdown that was scored, Anthony Ferkser over the middle, the 12-yard touchdown pass on third and 10 to counter what the Patriots did the previous drive. Yep. That, that play, I think, needs to get some recognition. That stood out to me when I went, at, when I went back and I rewatched the game. That's a big play by Ferger. All right, it wasn't it wasn't AJ Brown or Corey Davis or Johnu Smith, some of the names that we're used to, or Derrick Henry. It was a seam route on third and ten. They would have had to kick a field goal and just tie the game. Instead, they opened the game with seven points. I do think that that was important.
0: And, and Greg Joseph still has not attempted a field goal. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> like it, how how much longer is this going to go where Greg Joseph doesn't have to attempt a field goal? Pretty crazy with that. But Zach, you say you have two ways and how Mike Vrabel outcoached Bill Belichick in that game Saturday night. I'm, I'm intrigued to hear these two ways that you have, because uh, I think both coaches coached a pretty good game overall.
1: But Mike Vrabel was a little bit better, and there was two reasons. The first reason, I think, I'll go with the overall broad reason. This is the singular number one reason why Mike Vrabel outcoached Bill Belichick, because Bill Belichick is so great because he can take away the opponent's best part of their, their offense or their defense, whatever it is. That's, something that, that's the reason why he's been to so many Super Bowls. That's the reason why he has six rings. Mm-hmm. Bill Belichick, even though he had a week of preparation, could not take away Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is the reason why the Titans won that game. Nobody doubts that. His yardage, his carries, that's the reason why they won. Bill Belichick could do nothing about it. He knew, look, uh, Brian Tannehill wasn't going to beat you. Like, the philosophy going into that game, the smart coaching move is, take away the best player on the team. The best player on the team is Derrick Henry. Bill Belichick, not only could he not do that, he rushed for 182 yards and 106 in the first half. Right. It was really bad against the best part about the the New England Patriots – Right now, it hasn't been necessarily Tom Brady. It's been the defense, and the defense could not hold tight. 106 in the first half, and Derrick Henry controlled that game. The Titans did what they wanted to do. And what did Mike Vrabel and company game plan? Let's get our best player on the biggest stage, the ball the most amount of times. That, that is Mike, Vrabel one, Bill Belichick zero.
0: Yeah, well, I'll say this. The first half, the Patriots ran their typical defense. They didn't go, and Tony Romo talked about this in the second half, the Super Bowl defense. And we talked about that in the pregame show uh, live at the Mainstay on Saturday night, that they would go probably that six-man front with the one middle linebacker and force Derrick Henry inside, and they didn't do that until the third quarter. And in the third quarter, uh, Derrick Henry only had had nine carries for just 26 yards. And then the fourth quarter, he had, I believe, about 50 yards on the dot uh, in the fourth He had 76
1: quarter. in the second half.
0: Yes. So, it was. I, I think they did a pretty good job of slowing down Derrick Henry and bottling him up in the second half. But where they made the mistakes and where the Patriots lost the game was the first half, obviously, because the Titans didn't score any more points on offense after that. The damage had been done by that point, so maybe Bill Belichick went to that Super Bowl defense uh, a a little bit too late.
1: And I went back, after you said that on our post-game show, I said, "Uh -uh. uh-uh, I gotta make sure I convince and make sure Austin realizes what happened in that second half. The reason why he didn't get as many rushing yards is because Ryan Tannehill passed the ball nine times in the second half out of his 15 attempts. That's the reason why he didn't, he would have gotten more if he would have rushed the well, ball they as to, much as he did in the in the first the half. The Titans
0: had to throw the ball more because they got in third. But that's and longer the reason. But
1: you're looking at statistics and you're you're downgrading okay. the 76 compared to the 106. That's what you're well, saying. I just know.
0: I just know. And that, that's not the case because Zach, they threw the ball more. The, the 106 came on 14 carries. The 76 came on 20 carries. And so I'm just showing you that there was a big difference. The first half. The Patriots were not running that 6-1 Super Bowl defense. The second half they were, and you could easily tell the big difference in how effective that Super Bowl defense was. Five
1: of the plays down the stretch, they knew they were going to run the football because they were trying to run the clock out. So, like, you have to understand the nuance of the actual game. I do as well. So, it's, I toss I, that out the I watched, I the, watched the whole
0: game again last night. I know. Uh, okay, well, so,
1: I, so listen to
0: what I'm saying. I am listening to what you're saying. <laughs> I, am. I am. I'm listening to what you're talking about here. Mike
1: Vrabel outcoached Bill Belichick. So,
0: what was the first way? The, Just reiterate the first way. Is that Derrick
1: Henry ran train all over the Patriots' number one defense. And Bill Belichick couldn't do a dang thing about it. That's the number one reason. That's it! Okay. You can't, And you can't argue that. That's the best part. Uh, I, I've literally... Uh, nobody can argue that.
0: Yeah, the I mean, facts he are ran there. for 182 on 34 carries. That's just a, a, a knock em out drag 'em drag out type performance by Derrick Henry. But they did... That's keep, an out-coaching job. They did keep the Titans off the board uh, the entire second half in a one-point game. So, I, I don't think... There was a drastic out-coaching by Mike Vrabel to Bill Belichick. I think Mike Vrabel coached a phenomenal game. Don't get me wrong. I think Bill Belichick. It was better than
1: Bill Belichick. Uh,
0: yeah, but I don't think there's that much bigger of a bigger of a difference, in, in, in their levels of coaching. The singular player of the game, game
1: had 182 yards rushing. Bill Belichick knew the statistic going into the game when Derrick Henry rushes for over 100 yards. All right, we all knew. So it. so, what's your second? You want to reiterate that? He's 12 and 0 right now. He's 12-0 and 0 when he rushes over 100 yards in his career. Correct. He was 11-0 going into that game. Yes, that's so, what So, is. bad job on Bill Belichick. This is the time where you can actually call out the greatest head coach of all time. We've got to take advantage of it.
0: So, what's your second way? You had two ways that Bill Belichick uh, was outcoached by Mike Vrabel. So, your first one was that, that there was no way Belichick could, out, uh, could stop Derrick Henry. So, you, gotta, you have to, to
1: highlight the details of the game. And this is where Mike Vrabel got under Bill Belichick's skin. And you know what? It's, it's the same old adage of, you know, when you win, the quarterback gets praise. When you lose, the coach gets the blame. Well, this in this situation, I'm going to give the coach the praise because a minute 46 off the clock, because of strategic play and you know he could have even taken more time off the clock because the Patriots jumped off sides. That, no and that, that actually
0: could, helped the Titans extend that but th- he took as much time off the clock as he could have. And,
1: and 146 off the clock to shorten the game and shorten the amount of time Tom Brady had the football and lengthen and obviously Brett Kern came in there and helped the length of, of how far Tom Brady was going to have to drive. Yeah. But that is coaching. That is a singular man telling his players, Wesley Woodyard, he had to have told Wesley Woodyard that if we get in this situation, you do this. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, Wesley he... Woodyard executed that. Yeah, and
0: then he did a little shoulder dance after. That's, you, I don't know if you saw that. That,
1: my friend, is out-coaching
0: Bill Belichick. No, that's just being smart. That's not out-coaching anybody because there's nothing the opposing coach can do about that than watch the clock run off. Like, there's nothing, that's not like yeah. Bill Belichick made a mistake. no. Mike Vrabel just—that's out coaching him. If you make better moves than the other
1: coach, if I look, if I had better, ta- if I have better takes on this show, during a show, I've I've outplayed you in this game. But if you've done the same I, thing, it's the, I I that's would, how you I win. would see
0: where they're on Periscope. He says that's not out coaching; that's coaching. There's nothing Bill Belichick like out coaching. Somebody says that you did something that outsmarted the other guy. There was nothing. He was not outsmarting Bill Belichick. He just took advantage of the rule. You can and out. Bo- both you, guys knew that rule, and both guys have taken advantage of that you, rule in this season. Now Mike Vrabel's on it twice.
1: Yes, and he took advantage of that. That is out-coaching the other coach that lost.
0: That's, there's not an out-coaching. It's just a really good coaching move by Mike Vrabel. Because there was nothing that Bill Belichick could have done to stop that. There was no counter move from Bill Belichick to stop uh, Mike Vrabel's coach move. There was nothing available on the table for for the, Bill Belichick to do to counter that. The coach, if if you out coach
1: or out play somebody, then you and you win. You have to recognize what I, you did during that game. Zach, this is I'm, a recognition Mike, of that singular point. I think point. Mike
0: Vrabel probably coached his one of his best games in his and he outcoached in his Bill thirty three games as an NFL head coach. That was one of his best. Can you agree? But, but can not, you agree
1: that he outcoached Bill Belichick? I think because before the show even. you said no.
0: I think it was. I think it was pretty even. It was not pretty. It even. was because it was fourteen to thirteen. And they Until, lost the game. I, I they know put, that. They,
1: no, Mike Vrabel and his team put the other team, the New England Patriots, in the hardest possible position at the end of that football game to possibly tie or win. Austin, that is out coaching. That is setting your players up. Look, it is a game. It is a chess. You ever play chess? You've got to make moves ahead of time to set your opponent up to put them in the most yeah. in the worst position. Yeah, right. Mike
0: Vrabel did that. Elo says Austin's always a hater. I'm not hating. I think, Again, I think Mike Vrabel coached a phenomenal game, but I don't think Bill Belichick coached a bad game. I think Bill to Belichick. To be out
1: coached it doesn't mean that you have to uh, coach poorly it it can mean that we we could play the exact same game and then one person does a little bit more that means you got like, outplayed like, But do you
0: get like the super specific situation that Mike Vrabel was allowed to do that on the punt to draw the, to run the minute 46 off yes. the clock yes
1: do i Are you asking no, me no i'm
0: just i'm talking through this because i don't know if many other people uh, really understand the nuance of this it only works outside of 5 minutes left in the game right and so mike vrabel he what had if he wouldn't have done that well, I think if Ryan Tannehill, he wouldn't have outcoached Bill Belichick. I think if Ryan Tannehill didn't botch the shotgun snap on third and three, and they didn't get, it, they probably would have gone for it on fourth down. I mean, I, but I don't know. Because, that doesn't matter. Right. But it, it, I, I'm just saying. Like, that's the, what I'm talking the about. The opportunity. He took advantage right, of it. But the, uh, yes, the opportunity presented itself because he had the right time left on the clock where he could draw run off that a minute 46. And then it got under five minutes where he was not able to use that loophole anymore. And he was able to punt the football. And Brett Kern does what Brett Kern does. And the defense got a stop. Remember, the defense also got a stop because Julian Edelman had a ball hit him in the numbers on second and six and that never happens he never just drops it sorry about you bud I I know but that's
1: but But you're you're talking about you've talked there's you just said a couple of what ifs what if he didn't fumble the snap what if Julian Edelman dropped? if ifs and buts were beers and nuts we could have a party Zach we're not having a party
0: I think this game like the coaches were both good I think that's what I'm saying the coaches one coach was
1: better than the
0: other like, if—like, barely. But not that—I think the difference of You're, the game— You are so incorrect okay, here's, here. here's You have here's, not brought up any points of my, why that you here's are Here's overall point. Please. That the, the, the biggest difference in the game was not the performances of the two head coaches. The biggest difference in the game was the players on the field. Because the Patriots didn't have enough around Tom Brady to help him out, and their best weapon for Tom Brady— like choked and dropped that pass on second down where he should have easily caught that and probably gone up the sideline and picked up another 10 yards or so. And he choked. And the Titans, Tremaine Brock made a good play to break it up, to tip it up for Logan Ryan on the interception. The Titans' defense all over the field made phenomenal plays, and I think the Titans' players made more plays than the Patriots' players, and that was the big difference in the result. Not necessarily the difference in the coaching performances. Coaches put their
1: players in a position to win. Mike Vrabel put his team in a position to run out the clock. He also put his defense in the best possible position to defend Tom Brady for 99 yards with nine seconds left. And
0: the punter and Dane were were, that was an insane play. And you know what? He
1: put his his players in position, his best player on the team, which is, you could argue, Brett Kern or Derrick Henry. (laughs)
0: That's another discussion.
1: But... He put Brett Kern in a crucial moment to shine. And the right type that's says coaching. this.
0: The right type you're, says they were you're absolutely discrediting the,
1: You're discrediting the coaches, and I'm that's where you're incorrect. I'm not discrediting the
0: coaches. I just don't think there's a big difference in the coaching performances. There's a bigger difference in the player performances, and I think that was the difference in the game. And you're
1: wrong on that. That's so, fine.
0: That's uh, Ryan fine. says he agrees with me. Uh, self, now, He's probably lose.
1: the only one, because I've been looking at the comments. I had not been trying to destroy it, but everybody else has.
0: Um, Ethan Ramsey says Brock looked a lot better on that uh, that fourth cornerback spot than the third. I agree. Adore Jackson played a lot better uh, later on. Um, so I'm trying to read. Trying to let's find some more comments that agree with Zach here. Um, I, I don't. I see a lot of Parker says really absent. Give Vrabel credit. I am giving Mike Vrabel credit. Not enough. I would said Mike Vrabel coached one of his best games as an NFL head coach.
1: You need to say that he outcoached Bill Belichick. Then you'd be giving him the credit that he actually deserves. Like,
0: slightly, maybe. Like, I think he... I, See, but... but, but, but it, that... I don't think that... that, that that's
1: it's, a, it's a half-hearted compliment. It's a backhanded compliment. That, that, what are that's talking exa- about? That's exactly what you're doing. I'm literally
0: saying, out of Mike Vrabel's 33 games he's coached in the NFL, uh, that was probably one or two. Uh, I think that the, one of the games that's right next to that... For Mike Vrabel is the week two win over the Texans when Blaine Gabbert was a starter. You had no Lawan, you had no Conklin, you had Kevin Palmfield who's a ghost right now, and Tyler Merritt's playing tackle, and you were able to beat Deshaun Watson in that game, uh, and you scored a touchdown on a fake punt. That was probably one of Mike Vrabel's best coaching jobs, and then Saturday night was probably right there too. Shame. So I'm I'm sorry that you guys might disagree. with It's me. like
1: yeah, she's cute. Like that that that's kind of how you're 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 talking about Mike Vrabel's performance. I'm saying a that's a 10 performance. It,
0: so, yeah, it was. I think it was a 10 performance. So then but I think what Bill was Belichick, Bill Belichick's? Probably a nine and a half.
1: So he got outcoached.
0: Barely. Not a that's, nine and a half. Zach, That's my point.
1: He 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 there how was did, a, how did Bill Belichick have a nine and a half performance when he let the opposing best player run for 182 yards and one touchdown? They, they only, you were so off base they kept, on that. They
0: held him to 14 points, Zach. He, re- he did whatever he wanted. I didn't no, even, he I did didn't. not. Because Derrick Henry wanted to score more touchdowns, and he didn't. Look, Derrick Henry had a phenomenal game. but you have he to was the, He was the best to, player
1: on the field. Absolutely.
0: Period. Both things can be true. He couldn't do everything he wanted, but he was definitely the best player in the game. He
1: could do whatever he wanted. No,
0: he couldn't, because he couldn't score another touchdown in the second half. I'm, that, that you're, you're not telling the truth there. He could not do everything he wanted. He had to earn 20 carries for 76 yards in the second half. That He worked. And earned all of those yards, and it was a very difficult time for Derrick Henry in the second half. He busted the big run right before the two-minute warning that set up a lot of that. But Derrick Henry had to work hard for those seventy-six yards. Yeah, I'm not discounting that he couldn't do work, everything he wanted
1: because they knew he was going to run again. It's the nuance of the game. The last five plays out of all those plays that you're talking about the Patriots knew 100% it was going to be a run. I know that. Right? If I know what you're going to do, I'm going to defend singularly against that. But they were, if I know you're going Patriots, to say something. The
0: Patriots were able to bottle up Derrick Henry. He, did not, he was not able to rip off the big run. He had the one run of 29 yards, but he was, he was not able to be really set loose on the secondary as much as he has in the past. He was like, he, he was, was really he, good. He was literally
1: 30 yards away from being the top five of all time, playoff running back, running backs in a singular game. I'm
0: not saying he was bad, dude. <laughs> I, I'm Like, why? I but
1: you, but you, you, again, you're backhanding compliments. It's, yeah, <laughs> she's cute. It's like one of those. Zach, like,
0: the Titans scored 14 points on offense. I, it was a grind against yes. the number one defense. I, I understand that. that. Yeah, and it was a really good game. Derrick Henry was phenomenal. He was by far the best player on the field, but he couldn't do everything he wanted to, like you said. All right,
1: so let's shift. So, I, you know what I really want to do? I, I want to stop talking and argue about this. I want to dive into this Cajun That's Scramble. Not.
0: You can eat some of that Cajun Scramble. That's really what... Like, so I, Half
1: of this I'm upset because you've been preventing me from eating this Cajun Scramble with hash browns and a biscuit. Buy
0: that. It is esports here. We're going to get into your confidence in Mike Vrabel here in a second. So what's your confidence level in Mike Vrabel right now as he just won his first playoff game? As an uh, NFL head coach. But we are live here at Nashville. Southern Spoon and Saloon. Downtown Nashville. The corner of Demumbrian and 8th Avenue. It's the perfect pregame spot for uh, the Preds games. Or any really downtown event. The Preds. Speaking of Boston. The Preds host the Boston Bruins tomorrow night. So if you're going to the Preds game. Come on down here to the Nash House. Get some dinner, great cocktails, awesome bourbon list. Beer draft list is also off the chain, and the menu is phenomenal. Zach is definitely hungry, and he's enjoying What's in that Cajun I'm, I'm, scramble? I'm hosting
1: this Cajun scramble in my mouth right now.
0: What, what is A to Eat lump, Sports, Buckethead? Yeah, really. Yes, absolutely. They got so,
1: lump crab meat, got sausage, got uh, Cajun spices, got a little flair. Shrimp, scramble, and a scramble? Yes, please. This is Hey, come here. I've come here for brunch before. You go; they got Bloody Mary Bar on the weekends. Delicious food. They got a a big TV. They got TVs all over the place. Really cool atmosphere, and it's walking distance from Bridgestone Arena. So if you go to the Preds game, perfect pregame destination. You go brunch, or you can go pregame. They have it all here at Nash House.
0: All right. So A to Z Sports, what's your confidence right now? Confidence level in Mike Vrabel uh, right now is as he's just won his first playoff game. I I do want to bring up a stat. Bill Belichick is now 14 and 14 against his former assistants or players.
1: Yeah, one of those he got out coached.
0: Well, two of those he got out coached because Mike Vrabel. Look, I agree that Mike Vrabel outcoached Bill Belichick. (laughs) I just don't think it was that drastic. I I saw your eyes light up. I trapped you. I trapped you. You didn't trap me.
1: I definitely did. (laughs) You did not. It's a trap.
0: No, you're just your eyes lit up because you're not like no. Because you fell into my trap. No, I didn't. No, dude, that's being ridiculous. But Mike Vrabel (laughs) is two and zero against Bill Belichick. So fourteen and fourteen for Bill Belichick against former players and assistants. Nick Saban's nineteen and (laughs) zero. Like that just shows you how ridiculous Nick Saban is nineteen and zero. Five out of Bill Belichick's last nine losses are to his former assistants or coaches. I think it's crazy of how often Bill Belichick does lose to his former guys.
1: All right, so we talk about confidence level in Mike Vrabel after that big win. And I don't think that we – we'll talk more about this, but – to really gauge how big that win is, we need to know what the future of Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are, right? If they never win another playoff game, then that's a massive win. If they go win the Super Bowl next year, it's not as much. But what Mike Vrabel has done, I've seen a lot of numbers. And they're all scaling on the high end from eight, seen a couple of nines. I've seen a 10 before. So that's, that's the question. I've seen seven right here. Uh, D says seven. Vrabel won a lot of points for me on Saturday night. You got a five coming in there on Periscope. So some good comments live here from Nash House. I have seen one number more times than any other number reading through these comments, What's and like? I agree with it. I think right now it's an eight point five. There's always room for improvement, but eight point five to get his team from two and four to the divisional round of the playoffs—that is impressive. Now he hasn't had to to make a lot of hard decisions. Now it's Recently. I, I, every single game has not been Mike Vrabel, the challenge flag, call right. a timeout, go for it on fourth down, the hard head coaching decisions that you see in the NFL. But look, you got the the game comes to you as it is. So I think it's an eight point five. I still don't know about the kicking situation because of what you referenced. You know, Greg Joseph hasn't kicked a field goal. That's a problem. Maybe. I don't know. We maybe it's not. Maybe you go through a, a whole entire run without kicking a field goal. I don't know how that works. But I'm at an 8.5 right now with Mike Vrabel because I do think that he has learned a lot after two years of being a head coach. It's like two years of doing this, Austin. We've learned a lot sure. of what to do, what not to do. Yeah, And I, I, think, I think Mike Vrabel's in at 8.5. I think that's the perfect number.
0: Uh, Brandon says, if you want to be specific, I think Mike Vrabel gets a lot of credit for his coaching by having his team prepared and not being struck at all uh, by the Patriots in the glitter and the glam. I agree. I think the best thing Mike Vrabel does is midweek, is within the week. I think, obviously, you get better at in-game coaching the more games you coach. And he's had most of his mishaps have always been in the game. I think he does a great job in the week preparing, coming up with a game plan, uh, really training his team on that game plan, and creating batting donuts for his team on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to where Sunday feels easier or or game day feels easier. The batting donut of uh, having the defense turn their back to the line of scrimmage in practice before they played the Patriots last season. I I think Mike Vrabel does a really good job of that. And I think my confidence in Mike Vrabel right now, I'm going to go a little bit lower. I'm going to say 7.5. 7.5 for me just because... You could have gone for it on that fourth and four, fourth and three there to really put some pressure to get points right before the uh, punt. It worked out really well, right? It, it worked out really well. But you almost gave Tom Brady. If Julian Edelman catches that pass on the sideline, then Tom Brady's moving that's into not,
1: field. That's range. not Mike Vrabel. That has nothing to do with Mike Vrabel, as you said. So- what do you mean? Julian Edelman dropping that pass. Um, no, I'm
0: saying I'm saying if but that's right. what you're bringing but up. It,
1: that doesn't matter. And
0: Duster says but but if they don't get the fourth down, then they the Patriots had their ball That's not right the position
1: that they were in. The you Patriots, said a bunch of ifs today. Like it, th- well, yeah, that didn't you, happen. Cuz I'm
0: not going to allow the result to, to impact the decision. Like Mike Vrabel made a bad decision by going for it on fourth down in Atlanta instead of going up three scores. Did it hurt the Titans? No. Was it a bad decision? Yes. That was way back when. I, I, I we're talking about now. I, I'm just using that as an example for what I'm saying. I think I don't understand that, what you're saying, I'm so saying. Can you reiterate? Punting it? right there, that deep into the Patriots territory could have come back to bite the Titans. It did not. Because, part in which, because Julian Edelman dropped the pass. Right? But that could... You give Tom Brady a chance to come down and win a game, and typically Tom Brady takes advantage of it. Now, you were opportunistic enough to close it out and get the stop. But...
1: That's too it, much ifs for me. I can't. The I whole can't.
0: Th- thats what I'm talking about. Because why can't we talk about the ifs? And because they didn't happen when we're diagnosing <laughs> the decisions that were made. I think and he made the lay-
1: decisions based on the game. Ryan Tannehill fumbled, so it put them in a different position, so they did punt. Right, We talked about it while the game was going on, Austin. If Derrick Henry would have gotten one yard and it would have been fourth and one, maybe it's a different story. But it wasn't. So you cannot judge but Mike I, Vrabel I, I, on what he would I, I have done think, if this would I have happened. Think that and that's for, what
0: you're saying. I still think that fourth and three, fourth and four... If he would have gone for it, then I don't think people would have really disagreed with that decision to go for it there. That's, that's, I just, that that's is, all I'm saying. I'm just bringing it up for, for I, conversation. I struggled,
1: I struggled talking about that kind of stuff because it didn't happen. I do want to bring up one point of how far this team has come. Now, the biggest difference is Marcus Mariota is not quarterbacking the team and Ryan Tannehill is. But if you look at last year, last year they beat, and they did this year, they beat teams that they should have beaten. Like, the Raiders this year, they should have beaten. Now, looking at the scope of it, they did. Last year, when they lost, they got blown out. They got blown out by the Colts and the Texans at the end, right? Or or towards the end of the season, not completely at the end. This year, they were in the like they were in the game against the Texans. They were in the game against the Saints. Both games that they lost, and I think that is the maturation. The process. The Panthers
0: game was just a weird game. Yeah, it, and was. it was a backwards game. Arthur Smith had a. I thought Arthur Smith's worst game was probably that. Panthers well,
1: you know why? Because that game, it was bizarro New England Patriots. Right? He ran the ball with Derrick Henry, his best player, the All Pro, Pro Bowl running back that he has, best running back in the league. He actually made him work in New England. He basically, he, he let Derrick Henry take the first half off in Carolina, and yeah. what did that
0: yield? Down, down 16 points.
1: Yes. Yeah,
0: down a lot. So, I think Mike Vrabel has That's been, why he's in 8.5. I, I'm just at a 7.5, because again, like he's going up against Harbaugh, like John Harbaugh has been there, done that, in just about every NFL situation, so... I, John Aber won a Super
1: Bowl. He's higher that's, than that's, that's he's higher saying. than Mike Vrabel. That's what I'm I, saying.
0: That's what I'm, Yeah, and so I just think uh, I don't have as much confidence because I know that Mike Vrabel has the propensity to have some type of weird like player mindset decision in a game where he needs to be a coach. Because that was the thing that we were talking about is Mike early in the year in September and early October, Mike Vrabel coaches the game too much like a player. And since Ryan Tannehill has come in, The margin of error has been a lot wider for Mike Vrabel and not as tight to where he's been able to get away with that, but he's also not made as many player decisions as a head coach like he did in the first six weeks. And
1: I think, and you got to credit him for that. And then the the other thing at the end of the season, the big game that they lost at the end of the season, it's not the saints that really didn't matter in the scheme of things. It was the Texans at home, right? That was the flip of possibly getting a home playoff game, winning the division, et cetera, et cetera. But, if you looked at that game, the Texans won that game. It was it wasn't that like the Texans actually they made the plays down the stretch to really prevent Essentially what the Titans did to the New England Patriots uh, on Saturday, the Texans did to the Titans. That wasn't a coaching thing. That was just the Texans players outplayed the Titans in those moments.
0: Like the Titans players outplayed the Patriots on Saturday. No, but the difference was the Titans,
1: they were put in the best position to win. DeAndre Hopkins was making plays down the field, throwing the ball down the field. Those are players making plays. Brett Kern punting the ball down to the one-yard line like you set him up Brett, to
0: do. Brett Kern does that. That's what Brett Kern does.
1: That, like, and, and he set him up to do that. The decision, Why? Because Brett Kern milking, was punting? Milking the 146 you off prefer, the clock. You,
0: yeah, again, sure, that's great, but that does nothing to Brett Kern. Brett Kern's going to punt the ball close to the goal line regardless of what Mike Vrabel does for Brett Kern. That's just what Brett Kern does. Taking the
1: five-yard penalty, giving Brett Kern a little bit more room.
0: Okay, Setting his players up. And that wasn't the one-yard line punt. Let's just remember that. That was the 12-yard line punt. That was at first the nine, then it was 12. How
1: about this? Coach is setting his players up in a better position.
0: Brett Kern punting like that has nothing to do. Mike Vrabel's not setting up Brett Kern to do that. That's just Brett Kern doing what he does and being the best punter in the Personal preference. Give me a little bit more space, Coach. how How about this for Brett Kern? A hidden stat in that game. In the second half, Brett Kern had two punts inside the seven, and then another one in at the 12-yard line. Bailey, for uh, the punter for New England, had two touchbacks in the second half when it came to punting the football. Huge difference. So those punters, the Titans could have been pinned inside their own ten, if Bailey was any good, but no, he kicked it in the end zone, so they got the ball at the 20. That changed the game a lot in the second half, because let me just go through the second half drive summary. Are you ready for this? Second half drive summary. Punt, 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 interception. Punt, 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 interception. Game over. It was eight punts, four each way, and two interceptions, one each way. That's the second half for you. And those two touchbacks from Bailey, their punter, had a big impact on field position and on the game with the Titans. You know, do. it's
1: funny if you would have polled the the people before you said that, they would have been like, "Oh, it was a great game. That was a really good game."
0: Well, it was a good game. It just wasn't a 2020. But NFL but game. if
1: you told me that there were pun <laughs> like nobody had like an offensive. I mean, they didn't score essentially. Oh, the and Patriots so they backhanded, had three first
0: downs in the second half. They
1: backhanded their Logan Ryan uh, enter, pick six. Sure. At the end of the game. I mean, the drives but it, but went sixteen yards. It was, it yards, was, it was 15 an yards. awesome game, and then you read me that, and you're like, uh oh,
0: The longest, the longest drive in the second half was thirty nine yards. <laughs> it's just, and that was the Titans' drive that ended up in the the punt right before that when they ran the. And clock you know what?
1: That that was a preferred Titans game. That's the way the Titans want to play.
0: And it, it was a 39-yard drive that took eight minutes.
1: That's ridiculous. <laughs> that all is absolutely insane. All right, so now, now we're going to get you guys more involved in the show because we're going to ask you your feeling. I'm feeling at an all-time high because I'm eating this Cajun scramble right now from Nash House. But we're going to ask you, describe how you feel about this Titans team right now. After the win over the Patriots heading into the divisional round Saturday night against Lamar Jackson of Baltimore. Right now, though, how do you feel about this Titans team? Give me a singular word or emotion that you feel and we'll read some of your comments. And
0: Zach, you're going to tell people where they're going to get their tickets in Baltimore for the game against the Ravens.
1: Yeah. And if you want, if you want crab cakes, I'm eating crab right now. You can go to Baltimore, catch you a flight, but also get you tickets at TennesseeTickets.com promo code AZ10 this weekend. They've got tickets on tap. They do. And they've got them for really, really good prices. TennesseeTickets.com, there's no hidden fees. If you go to StubHub, I, look, go to StubHub and go to Ticketmaster because you're going to realize they're going to fee you out the wazoo <laughs> and they're overpriced. Then you're going to head back to TennesseeTickets.com and you're going to be like, wow, I'm going to save $10 on top of this, no hidden fees, and the prices are less. That makes so much sense. I'm sure the Titans... Look, they only want as many fans as possible in two-tone blue. Be one of those fans at TennesseeTickets.com, promo code AZ10. Steph
0: right there, she's from Southern Maryland, driving to the game and getting her tickets through Tennessee. Or I don't know if Steph's a guy or a girl. If girl. Just Stephanie, I don't know. But getting their tickets at TennesseeTickets.com is where to go. So check them out for sure. Live here at the Nash House in downtown Nashville on a Monday morning, talking about a Titans uh, playoff win over the champs, the Patriots, uh, asking you, how do you feel about this team right now?
1: So Deborah says proud. So does Tyler. So the first two proud. And I think that's a very Titans fan emotion. That's because, the first
0: one I saw from Teich on Periscope.
1: Yeah. And I think it's a good one. I think that I, you can understand that because of, you know, the landscape of the franchise. I did. I do want to say this real quick. Uh, I listened to Bill Belichick's press conference afterwards. Hilarious. Uh, one of the one of the uh, reporters say, you know this 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 fan base is stuck with you through thick and thin. And Bill Belichick goes, well, I don't think there's been a lot of thin around here. But <laughs> you can think what you think. It was it was really really funny. Yeah. So, um, uh, getting emotion or how you feel about this team right now. Curtis says ecstatic. Parker said pleasantly shocked. Brian also says proud but not satisfied. Uh, Jason says Lombardi Trophy. Alex also Woo. says proud. Josh says excited Tyler says confident relieved still nobody has come up with my words so this is but we've got some really good words okay. Tommy says ecstatic ceiling reached from Sean Gill so he's more of maybe a possible succeed realist over there on Facebook uh, Bunt says hundred percent comfortable uh, let's see better proudly optimistic confident trustworthy pleased a lot of good words coming in on how they feel uh, Tyrell says hyped uh, Tika says believe And Tyler says hopeful Austin, where are you at right now?
0: I am I think overall is Can I say surprised? You can say whatever you I, want I, I, I su- don't know what word sup- you have I'm surprised because of where we're at right now Compared where we were at In middle of October When we were sitting here like Oh man, we don't want to talk about the draft right now Like we're, We were seriously We had a show, Zach Live at Nash House, at some point, where we talked about the possibility of the Titans drafting Tua Tungvaluwa. Now, and Tua later today is going to say whether he's staying at Alabama or going to the draft, but we had that discussion. We had that topic, and I talked about, well, well, you just paid Taylor Lewan all that money to be your left tackle, and if Tua is left-handed, now he's not even your blindside tackle. Like we were having those discussions at some point this year, and now the Titans are in the playoffs, and they won a playoff game, and they're in the playoffs. So, I'm going to say surprised. I, I just, because of the entire season of where it started, how it kind of went through the downs, the fins, uh, like Bill Belichick was talking about, and now where they're up as the highest right now.
1: Okay, I can understand. They've come a long way. Two, yeah. two and four. God, at two and four, you're sitting there thinking, well, I don't even know how to spell great.
0: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's grating cheese. Yeah, That's the it, only great you had.
1: Yeah. I'm going to go a different way. I'm going to go more singularly on the win, and I'm going to go more singularly of watching this football team turn into what they are. I'm going to go showcased, because for the first time in a couple of years, and two years ago against Kansas City, they were showcased in that early time slot. The, t- the slot that the t- uh, Texans and the Bills were playing, the slot that... You're running errands with your wife so you can get prepared for Saturday night's football game and maybe catching the second half. This year, they get Tom Brady in Foxborough, Jim Nance, my boy Tony Romo on the call. I mean, this is prime time. And they get to showcase the best running back in the National Football League. They get to showcase Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry coming off of a 200-plus yard game against the Texans. Derrick Henry, who's the leading rusher in the NFL. Derrick Henry that showcased why he is so good by running train over the defense of the New England Patriots for the tune of 182 yards off 34 carries and a touchdown. That is showcased. Finally, you know the Titans. We and a lot of Titans fans feel the same way. And our man Zach Reagan wrote a great article about the national media, how they got it wrong. The national media in general never talks about the Tennessee Titans. Now I understand it, small market team, Nashville hasn't really won anything in a decade plus, I get it. But on a national stage, and if Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are never Tom Brady and Bill Belichick again, that game will be showcased even more. That is how I feel.
0: Let's see. Ricochet Ray says this is the level of play that will get the Titans talked about nationally. Something the Titans fans have felt shorted on for sure. And a lot of people did read that article. We had a record breaking day yesterday on our website, A to because of what uh, Zach Reagan wrote really about that article. And Larry says the Titans have always won when Romo and Nance call those games. Uh, are, they, I think I, the, the, they've done it six times. Like, I know of at have... least four. It was Browns. There was Chiefs. um,
1: I I saw a tweet that said six times. That's how I know that. Maybe. Well, there's not a maybe. Okay, that's fine. I I I just
0: don't – I can't confirm that, I guess, is what I'm saying. So, um, yeah, the the Titans have been really good uh, when they've had those two guys calling the game. I know it's on CBS, um, but I I feel like I heard Jim Nance and Tony Romo say at the end of the broadcast Saturday night that they're calling the – Texans game, so I don't know who the Titan. Yeah, so Bucks confirming they are playing. Uh, Romo and Nance are calling the Texans. Chief, um, no, the early, is it tech? The, yeah, they're calling the Chiefs Sunday. So I don't know who the Titans are going to get Saturday night.
1: Uh, Greg Gumbel. Greg Gumbel? I, I, I don't know. Don't. Iron
0: me Eagle, that. maybe. I don't know.
1: I don't know what CBS does in their second team. That's something to look at because uh, I do think that that's important. The two things that are like a slight sports fan's nuance is who's calling the game. And who are the, who's the head referee? Like, those are the two things that I care about going into a big football game. Who's calling it? Who am I going to have to deal with? Who am I going to have to hear? And who's the head referee? If it's Bogar, then give me a gun and a bullet. Like, I, cause I, don't,
0: I, I don't think he's reffing in the playoffs. No,
1: I don't think he's earned that right. Yes. So,
0: uh, I don't
1: know. We what can, do you think, think of the way
0: that, that the Patriots-Titans game was officiated?
1: I, I think all of these games, and I watched every single second of every single game all weekend. Love that. Going into this weekend, I love divisional weekend, but I really love wild card. Because it's your first taste of really good football and really good teams. And all four games had that. The The one thing, I think, they let him play. Yeah, they did. There was only 53 accepted penalty yards. And even at the end of the Saints-Vikings game, when Rudolph caught called- that was not pass interference. Hasn't been pass interference. All it was a better player making a better play.
0: That officiating crew Saturday night was the was the crew that called the least amount of defensive pass interferences all year, and Adoree Jackson was physical on one to Nikhil Harry on the sideline on a third down that was broken up, but it probably could have been a PI on another crew. Corey Davis was locked up down the field, could have been a PI on another crew. So the, the penalties that were called were like the ones that you have to. Like the, uh, in the illegal formation where Lawan was left uncovered. Uh, the illegal man downfield when Shaq Mason was like eight yards downfield on that big throw to Ben Watson that got called back on a third down early in that game. So it was, it was definitely consistent as Steph Dobbs brings up. So that, I thought it was officiated pretty fairly. And uh, there was only 53 total penalty yards in that game, which was a good thing to see. I'm still trying to figure out that second. Hey, we need
1: a st- our stats team. Our, our man Buck Rising sitting here, waking up early from from his primetime uh, show last Long night.
0: Long travel week into.
1: Hey, Buck, can you can you help us out here on the show live? Can you find out the CBS Sports' second broadcast team that could possibly be announcing Saturday night's game against the Ravens?
0: Or you should be able to find out who that is. Yeah, oh, oh B-Rat says buzz rising. Excuse us. Uh, nah,
1: buzz rising. That will not be forgotten, and we will bring that up later on in the show. So uh, we You got to put your money where your mouth is. That's that. And this is even better because Buck is present because <laughs> he made a bet, and at A to Z you pay off your bets. You say what you mean, and you mean what you say. I so, thought I was supposed
0: to wear a onesie today. Well, we're on location. Okay, so that's so you saved me that.
1: Well, because last year, and I did think about this, because the onesie's in. I've the I, it Amazon, has been delivered. Yes, Amazon has has delivered the onesie. And remind the fine folks at home why you will be wearing a onesie was, on the show.
0: Was the onesie bet the Derrick Henry total yards bet? Uh,
1: yes, it was. Okay,
0: yeah, yeah. We we had the over under for Derrick Henry total rushing yards set at eleven hundred. I picked the under, Zach picked the over. So obviously Derrick Henry you know, got that. Doubting
1: doubting the best running well, back in the league. I'm Once again, I'm well, a oh, good you did. year. You I'd, did I doubt him.
0: Yeah, not anymore. But and I haven't doubted him for a, at least a full oh, year and a half. Oh. Um, but, you know, ah. you know I, at some point I will tase Zach ah. for his awful take about ah. Christian McCaffrey. And in so. and,
1: and five days, you will be
0: wearing fa- pa- painted face. So Bobby <laughs> brings his research to the table about CBS. He says their second team is Iron Eagle and Dan Fouts.
1: I think he's right. I
0: hope it's not Dan Fouts. I cannot stand listening to Dan Fouts call games.
1: I think that's who it is.
0: Somehow, I mean, he's, at least he's not calling a Chargers game. But I, I cannot, I don't, I do not like listening to Dan Fouts call games.
1: So, uh, yeah, uh, uh, I, think, I think that's what it is, though. Uh, all right, so let's, let's move forward. The true impact of what that win actually, and we won't know this, but it did have an impact. I mean, they beat Tom Brady in the divisional round late in his career. I have my personal opinion on what I think Tom Brady is gonna do. Yeah. I have no idea. Obviously nobody knows but Tom Brady and maybe Giselle.
0: It could be Kevin Harlan, by the way, C B S, which would be way better if Dan Faust. I thought was about involved. that,
1: but in the playoffs Kevin Harlan usually does radio.
0: That's correct. So
1: you're probably right for yeah, Westwood One. Yeah.
0: I don't know which, which is one A and which is one B. Again, we
1: we got our, our uh, we, we got Buzz Rising down there, our our crack team, stat team. And he's figuring that out. All
0: right, so let's get to this, uh, the big picture of this win. What this could mean, and it is Ian Eagle, Dan Fouts confirmed there. So what this game means, excuse me, for the long term here, but first let me tell you about Mandu. Mandu is the Pulse of Fitness, guys, and in 2020, everybody wants to get in better shape. Everybody wants to get healthier. A lot of people want to achieve their fitness goals, but they don't know exactly how to. Like, how do you combine the perfect fitness program with a diet for what your body is looking to get to, mandu.com and mandu shows you how to do it because of the science of full body electronic muscle stimulation where a 15 minute workout simulates five plus hours in the weight room and the results are real because they also have the in-body analysis that shows you exactly what your body needs more of, needs less of, and everything in between. So Mandu.com. If you want to be more healthier and, and fit in the new year, Mandu.com, your first workout, absolutely free. So check them out there at Mandu.com.
1: Austin, you're telling the fine folks about Mandu. Yes. Let, me, uh, let me flex on some fools real quick. How about A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf? Uh, oh, missed guys.
0: DK definitely had a better playoff debut than AJ Brown. Yeah, but, but AJ
1: Brown is the rookie of the year.
0: Yeah, and, soon and, to be. And I, I,
1: I hate that we have to like say soon to be, but it's it's not in stone. They haven't had the the. The stupid NFL honors award show hosted by Steve Harvey. You know that nobody you're going to watch. watch that. And I, you're gonna be, I don't watch that. No. You're going I, to because I, A.J. I, Brown's going to work a
0: I've never watched it. But you're it. going to. I've
1: never watched You're going it. to this year. Austin, I've never watched Because
0: it. an Ole Miss player has never been up for awards.
1: Well, I, I'm not going to watch <laughs> it I I because I don't like Steve Harvey. They, they, they've given me incentive of not to watch it. First of all, I've never watched it. And second of all, Steve Harvey is hosting I, I just that, Wait, that does that's not appealing to me. I'm
0: I'm exempt. If I'm ex- Kevin
1: Hart was hosting, or then you're in. Yeah, I, I think I'm in. I'm a lot more in if Kevin Hart is hosting than Steve Harvey. G- give me, give me. Uh, uh, give me some better, somebody better
0: than Steve Harvey. Uh, TennesseeTickets.com if you're looking for tickets to Titans, Ravens. They've got them right there. I've got the website open right now. They've got a lot of tickets there. And we'll see how the monster the prices this week as they go. Promo code AZ10 for an extra $10 off your tickets. TennesseeTickets.com. I,
1: I also thought it was funny. We talked about DK Metcalf and A.J. Brown, the two big Ole Miss wide receivers in the second round. The first round, the most recent first round Ole Miss wide receiver Laquan Treadwell in street clothes yesterday for the Vikings win. Yes. I thought that was uh, a bust. Alright,
0: so the true impact of what the Titans win over the Patriots could mean for the future. So Zach, what do you think this, future, this game looks like uh, a few years from now?
1: I don't think the Patriots are going to get back to the Super Bowl with Tom Brady. Over the next couple of years, I think They have to retool. One thing, that they went all in on Nikhil Harry this year and they got burned. That's something that they don't normally do. Hindsight, they wish they would have drafted maybe A.J. Brown or D.K. Metcalf. They decided in the first round to take a wide receiver. He didn't work out. They had to replace Gronk. They couldn't replace Gronk. They had Julian Edelman. He got hurt a little bit, so he wasn't the full Julian Edelman. That put a strain on Tom Brady late in his career, and we saw the results.
0: And, and B-Rup brings up Mohamed Sanu. They had to trade for Sanu because Josh Gordon, once again, did not work yeah, out. Yeah,
1: because you're relying on unreliable assets. Nikhil Harry and, and Josh Gordon, ah, very unreliable. Rookie and a guy with alcoholism problems. I I sit here, and I, I cannot see the Patriots getting back to where they are because I think the new reign of Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, I don't know if Ryan Tannehill's in there. He's had one good year, but... Uh, Might as well toss him in because he's a divisional round. There's there's new blood. No longer are we seeing the Ben Roethlisberger's or the Peyton Manning's or the Tom Brady's. That has shifted out new fresh blood in the AFC. And we knew it was going to happen. Father time's undefeated. Mm -hmm. It was only a matter of time before it was going to happen. But for Tom Brady, I can't see him playing for another team. I I think that he'll sign a one-year contract or a two-year contract on his terms. But
0: I can't see him in another uniform. Well, Robert Kraft, I think, said the right thing to Peter King uh, in his column about how basically Tom Brady has earned the right to control his future.
1: Yeah. yeah. And you get to a point you get a, to a point with your position in power, you can say and do what you please. I don't think Tom Brady so with that. Point.
0: I don't think Tom Brady's retiring. I, from what I saw no, I, from I don't his think so arm, either. From what I saw from his arm Saturday night, the guy can still make throws. And I listened to Buck 615 session podcast uh, last week when he had someone on from New England that the the issues this year with Tom Brady were not physical. Like sure, maybe the elbow bothered him a couple weeks. It, it didn't his Saturday. Teammates. It's his teammates and that he was processing things a little slower and was surprised more by defensive schemes than, than in the past. Because his
1: players were because he as didn't good. trust his players. And he can't come out and say that. That's the hardest thing. When you have something that you really like that's really making you struggle but you were unable... You're, he's not going to throw his teammates... Well, under the and Albert
0: says this. Can Tom Brady retire knowing his last NFL pass was a pick six? It's
1: a hard pill to swallow. To
0: one of his good friends, Logan Ryan. I, there's no way Tom Brady retires from that. No way. Yeah, I don't that think so It just doesn't happen. It's about
1: who he's going right, to play Right,
0: but... And then you bring up... Everybody, whenever you talk about like legendary quarterbacks with one franchise that move late in their career, there's always a reason why. Because Brett Favre... Had Aaron Rodgers behind him, a first-round pick. Peyton Manning, most recently, it's had, old age or
1: injury, and they both well. And quarreling.
0: it's and it's having a young guy behind him because Rodgers was there for Favre. The injury to Peyton's neck, and then they drafted Andrew Luck, but they had already moved on from Peyton before the draft. And then the Joe Montana, they had Steve Young right back there, so they had two Hall of Famers on the roster. So they got rid of the old one and won a Super Bowl with the young one. And but in New England, there's no injury. Jared Sittum, no. Like no, like they're not moving on from Tom Brady for Jared Situm, so what is this situation going to be like? Because it it is different compared to Montana, Favre, and Peyton, where they've finished their career elsewhere.
1: I think he's going to be more like Kobe, and he's going to stay where he is.
0: Jared, I, I just think and that. several people it's like have, Paul
1: Pierce. He's just he's going to his greatness. You want to be known. Like, you know, I, there's this image in my mind of Joe Namath in a Los Angeles Rams uniform. It's gross. Makes no sense. Like, he's not at Los Angeles Ram. It's weird when that happens. Like, Michael Jordan for the Wizards. The, he, he's not the Peyton Manning where he's going to go and, like, thrive
0: for four years. I don't think he has four years the, under his belt. B-Wright brings up the Chargers. That makes a lot of sense. Because Tom Brady's from... California, now he's from Northern California, so LA's a little obviously different from that. But, and b brings up the weapons they have, and Philip Rivers is also a free agent. And I think Tom Brady's probably got more left than Phillip Rivers at this point. Weird to say, they're like six years difference. Tom Brady's like six years older than Philip Rivers, but Philip Rivers had a really bad year. I know he threw for a bunch of yards, but I don't care about all those yards right now. He had, didn't have a good year.
1: I heard a, a funny take about Tom Brady this past week that the reason why the Patriots have won so many Super Bowls is because of Giselle. And the reason why is when Tom Brady married Giselle, Giselle made more money than him. So money was not something that— Like five times more. Yeah, and you don't have to go out and earn that contract, right? Aaron Rodgers—now, I know he's with Danica Patrick now, but, like, you don't—he took the contract. Matt Stafford took the contract. All these quarterbacks, you take the contract because you have to. Tom Brady was late in his career. He had already had a lot of success. Now he marries this supermodel uh, wife, and he doesn't value money as much as somebody else, right? So he took less money for really the second half of his career. So he didn't get into the situation that he was in this year because we see the results. If you don't have good players around you and you're a really good player, Ultimately, in team sport, you, were, you will fail.
0: And it's crazy that Tom Brady has earned $235 million Simon in his clo- career. It's not even close to Giselle. Oh, yeah. Giselle does that in like two and a half, three years. But uh, Tom Brady, in 20 seasons, $235 million. So that's, you know, $20 because his rookie contract was nothing. But there, were, you can count. 2009. There were a lot of seasons where he was making under ten million dollars. There's a lot of years in there. Isn't that crazy? 2012, 2013, and really the last couple years before this year, making fifteen million dollars, twelve million dollars, t- thirteen million. We're talking about paying Marcus Mariota close to thirty million dollars. How ridiculous is that at the beginning of the
1: season? That's the reason why. And again, it's it's one of those underlying facts that nobody thinks about. And it impacted, and don't look, the Patriots tried this year. They tried to go get and make Antonio Brown work. Well, what they happened? traded for Sanu. What happened? They, this is the disgruntled this... Josh Gordon. Like, they tried, but they couldn't How, overcome
0: that. 2019 is the most Tom Brady has ever made in one single year in his career $23 million, and it was the worst surrounding cast he's had. How much did he make this year? This $23 million. That's the highest he's ever made in one year $23 million. And this is the worst surrounding Cassie's had, and the next highest is 19.7. 19.7 in two thousand eleven. I mean,
1: again, it's the it's the it's the philosophy of you marry rich, you can really do whatever you want.
0: Well, it's you have more not, money not, to play. Uh, look, I'm not you,
1: I'm not valuing that, saying that that's more like it's a personal preference. People make people in life make d- business decisions, right? And I've I know a handful of people that have made those decisions and say, look, you said I. I'd rather go to Boca, uh, you know, and Cabo and all that stuff because I can value something else. Tom Brady and you've just seen this on a much higher scale. He's va- he hasn't valued money. He he has not And they say look, it's now he made a really good business decision with Giselle, but I think that, that impact, that impacts Tom Brady's life, which there impacts the New England Patriots, which there impacts the results of a franchise.
0: Yes, because without Without that situation, you'd have to pay Tom Brady double. Double what he, he made.
1: Because there's no question that over the last 10 years, he's been the greatest quarterback. The Maybe not the best, one of the best, but Tom Brady consistently has been top three, top five quarterback in the league. Top three, top five quarterback in the league does not make the money that he's made. I just, I, I think that that... I heard that
0: this week, and I was like, It matters. Light. It, it definitely matters. Uh, also, some news coming out around the NFL, as several of you guys have told us, that uh, Mike McCarthy is taking over the Dallas Cowboys, which you called that right before the show started. We were talking about, um, I think Mike Lombardi reported that the Cowboys had their guy, but he didn't know who it was at that point, and you said Mike McCarthy would be the would Yeah, be the well,
1: guy. and I've done, I care about that kind of stuff. You care I, about the Cowboys. I watch the Cowboys. You know that. Look, I, I'm, I'm, I am what I am. I followed that, and what I, what I was hearing and reading is that Mike McCarthy, he actually did something very smart. He went on a tour and talked to a bunch of big names in the NFL, like executives, uh, Peter King, stuff like that. And one of the things that he said, he learned a lot from not being in coaching, that sure. it can't be his way or the highway. And we all know the personality of Aaron Rodgers. You know, he, it's Aaron Rodgers. I and mean, that thing got stale. And so Mike McCarthy taking a step back sometimes, you know, losing your job, getting fired, taking a year off can respark and and kind of change the way you think and approach things in a better way. And I think Mike McCarthy, I was out. If you're a Cowboys fan, I would be out on Urban Meyer or Lincoln Riley. I would I would say that would be a bad move. That's I agree. Too big of a risk. Lincoln
0: Riley. I think Urban Meyer would be intriguing. Uh, Lincoln Riley. I was not. Uh, Lincoln Riley's just got a. It's like not,
1: overcompensating. Yeah. And
0: sometimes that works,
1: but most of the time it doesn't. Well,
0: and we'll have to see how Cliff Kingsbury pans out with Kyler Murray in Arizona. Like they had, I think that was that first year, those guys, that was a success in Arizona, would you say, with Kyler Murray? Kyler Murray had a pretty good year. The Cardinals got better as the year went on. They, signed, they traded for Kenyon Drake. They've got some stuff going on there. They beat the Seahawks in Week 16. 5-10-1. I think from what the Cardinals they were the worst team they improved in Cliff Kingsbury I I would consider that a I mean it's not a massive success but it's a good building foundation first season.
1: It wasn't a failure or a question. Mark. It
0: wasn't a complete dumpster fire and I think they showed progression throughout the year. Like the
1: Jags getting Nick Foles that was a dumpster and fire. And Bear's right. They, David Johnson got hurt and they're not going to pay that guy anymore.
0: Uh I don't, I don't know his contract situation on the top of my head. $13 they, million. Dollars. Well, I don't know what they owe him, what the dead money is moving forward. They, they, need, they need to get I the hell know, out of it. I don't know if they can. That, that's I the think thing. that
1: they can. I think that was one of the reasons why they traded for Kenyon Drake. I, yeah. I do, well, Kenyon Drake's also a free agent. Yeah, but to sign him and it's the exit strategy.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. The the dead money on David Johnson's contract, trying to pull it up real quick. But
1: I, I, would, I would agree with you. I, I think that... <laughs> Kyler Murray and company, they had a good season uh, for they, what it is.
0: They've got $16.2 million in dead cap next year. They're, they're not moving on from David Johnson for another year. David Johnson is...
1: They have to figure that out. That's
0: insane. That's a lot. $16.2 million in dead cap for David Johnson in uh, Arizona. Pretty crazy. All right, A to Z Sports. Let's get to our end of show topic. Uh, this is a little twofold. Um, for what, Our inter-show our show
1: topic? Our
0: inter-show topic deals with what Zach is eating for breakfast And also deals with where the Titans are playing uh, next week Because the Titans are going to Baltimore That is crab cake country And uh, Zach is eating a little scrambler with what in it? Seafood? Cajun scrambler?
1: You gotta, I'm, I'm eating, man you, you go ahead and do the show I Look, I'm sitting here relaxing I'm eating my lump crab And my, my sausage, my scramble You,
0: you take it over Read some comments. Just read some comments. (laughs) All right, so what is your... What is your favorite seafood dish? That is our end of show topic because I'm sure there'll be several Titans fans going to Baltimore this week and you'll be in crab cake country. So what is your favorite seafood dish? But first, let me tell you guys about renterswarehouse.com. They're the professional landlords in the Nashville area and selling your house is one-time transaction. But if you go to renterswarehouse.com to find out how much your home can rent for, you can do two things. You build equity in your property that you already own and what you're doing at a fast rate, fastest rate, you're building equity in the last 10 years in Nashville. And secondly, you're creating another cash flow for you and your family, some extra income coming in from others paying your mortgage, and then some where RentersWarehouse.com does all the work for you. RentersWarehouse.com is where to go. So go there to find out how much your home can rent for. They do all the work. There's no upfront fees, no binding contracts, just 89 bucks a month, and they do everything for your property at RentersWarehouse.com.
1: We do this every single show. At the end of the show, we go away from sports, do something a little bit different. What's your favorite seafood dish uh, currently? And it can be – I mean, there's a range of things. We brought this up because – titans at baltimore on saturday night if you want to go to the game TennesseeTickets.com, promo code az10 you can see lamar jackson and company live and in person the first comment is a seafood dish i never
0: get real quick uh jimmy i think oh no mr goodbar said that he lives in baltimore and you need to go to jimmy's and then mike michael says uh ew beck's in uh, Sykesville or Jimmy's. So if you're going to the trip, there's a couple places. E.W. Man, Beck's Jimmy makes pretty
1: good seafood.
0: I've heard that. Jimmy, uh, Jimmy's pretty talented.
1: Jimmy is very talented. Jimmy really likes lobster, too. And crab cakes.
0: There you go. So what's Jimmy's, that dish? Jimmy's the man. <laughs> Jimmy is the man. So what's that dish you were talking you were about to say? Before Brent,
1: you? Brent Ray brings up trout. I never get trout. I feel I hear trout is amazing. I just that is not a dish that uh, I order. Do you, you ever o- order trout? No. I feel like it, it's a lot of work. I don't know. I feel you like you get bones. Don't you got to sift through bones in trout? I I don't know. Do That's trout have trout? Does trout have bones? Yes, I, trout. I mean, has yes, yes, <laughs> yes. But when it's prepared,
0: I, I have no idea. Right, when it's prepared, I do not know. I do not have the. I'm not like a seafood chef. Nothing worse than
1: eating a dish and getting a bone.
0: Um, I love crab cakes uh, for sure, but I've been. Uh, I've been on a salmon kick. Like Saturday for lunch, salmon, big salmon salad. It was
1: awesome. Salmon, salmon, salmon grilled salmon Caesar salads.
0: Sam, grilled That's salmon salad is, is in the rotation, deep in the rotation. Lobster rolls and clam chowder. Whenever I, yeah, well, I'll give a little Philip shout out. Philip says trout is very good and clean. Um, and Colton says trout is amazing. But whenever, whenever there's a salmon salad on the menu, rarely do I not get it. Yeah, I, I'm
1: I'm pro. to jump stuff. at it. Uh, Philip says snow crab legs. Brent says uh, mahi mahi fish tacos, oysters Rockefeller from Jason, shrimp scampi from Josh, shrimp goes uh, from Brent. Ramon says crab legs and lobster crab legs from Tommy, butterfly shrimp and crab legs, truffle lobster mac and cheese from Yannick, fish and shrimp combo from Od. Kevin says salmon slaps. It does. It does slap. It just hits. You know what? It hits I feel like way. I feel
0: like shrimp is like chicken seafood t- gumbo. I feel like shrimp is kind of like chicken tenders. Shrimp is like the the food like the little kid eats. Like if you're just eating, like look, don't get me wrong. There's a million ways you can do shrimp, and where it's not that. But I feel like shrimp is like if you're just like going with shrimp, it's like come on, graduate that palate. And that's where
1: I go. I've got a couple to do. i got to kind of narrow it down because I'm a big seafood fan. Now, I can't eat scallops because it gives me vertigo. It's very weird. That's a whole other story. I don't really want to get into it.
0: Why? I, I want to get into that. Well, it, it's
1: uh, every time I eat How scallops. does food give
0: you vertigo? Well, it,
1: that actually happens. Really? It, it does. Know, have you like, ever gotten vertigo? No. My it's mom, awful. My mom has. It's but awful. But
0: that was via traveling, and she got vertigo.
1: I've gotten it multiple times. And that's why I don't eat scallops anymore. But... You got to go with seafood that you don't get on a regular basis. So I put high up on my lifts, obviously obviously, lobsters, delicious. But grilled king crab legs is, I think, where I'm going to go. Chilean sea bass is very good. But grilled crab legs, you don't get those. And I'm not talking about the ones you get in, like, tunica at the casino. I'm talking about well-prepared king crab legs. You got to work a little bit, but it's packed full of meat. You know – Because shellfish, you know, crawfish, you got to work a lot for a little bit of meat. King crab legs, you're getting a lot of good quality Mm -hmm. crab meat. It's kind of like what's in this this scramble here at Nash House. Good quality food. So I I think i go king crab legs just because I don't get them that often.
0: Uh, Examples of food known to cause migraine headaches, which could trigger vertigo. Alcohol, chocolate, milk products, foods with monosodium glutamate pickled foods and nuts okay i'm just saying i don't know i didn't know food could help cause vertigo oh absolutely
1: i had no idea and it you're you're on a cruise ship but you ain't on a cruise ship that's exactly how vertigo feels well
0: you probably got
1: have you ever been on a cruise ship
0: yes so you're you're probably combination cruise ship with the ocean and something you but i don't get
1: seasick. I've been on the roughest waters. I mean, my, yeah, I, no, I love deep-sea fishing. I'm I don't you. get seasick.
0: I'm with you, but um, it's got to be a combination of that. Like, the, the, you were triggered by something in the, what was it, scallops? Yeah. That, when, with the ocean and the motion of the ocean made— No, no, I'm talking through.
1: about when you're on land, you get vertigo. It's not, you don't have to be a cruise ship. To no, do I know it. that. But didn't if you feel, say you were on a cruise it, ship? It feels like. Oh, I, I, I if, thought
0: you said you ate scallops on a cruise ship. I've done ship that and then before. Got
1: I've gotten vertigo multiple times after after. Well,
0: vertigo eating. once it pops, it comes back, right? That's the thing. That's the problem with vertigo. Well, it can
1: be triggered by something, right? So, but all in all, big seafood fan. You know, not a complete pescatarian, but big seafood fan. Also, you know, I dabble in, in hearty steaks as well.
0: Alright, A to Z Sports here live at the Nash House Southern Spoon and Saloon here downtown Nashville on the corner of 8th and Demumberland right underneath the Cambria Hotel. Preds at home tomorrow night against the Boston Bruins. See if Nashville teams can get uh, two wins over Boston teams in the matter of a few days. Uh, Preds Got a big win Saturday night after the uh, Titans won and then lost in a shootout last night against the Ducks. So uh, Preds playing a little better, banged up a lot, but if you're coming down to the game first, TennesseeTickets.com for your Preds tickets as well and then stop by the Nash House uh, before and after any downtown event because you can park here. Uh, You can eat here, drink here, everything you need here, right here at the Nash House.
1: Two things before we go. Ten days from now, we'll be back here at Nash House, and we'll be giving away Preds tickets on the 16th against the the Ducks. Nash House will be hooking it up with a $100 gift card and two tickets to the Preds game. We will give them away that day. So make sure you tune in in ten days. And the other thing, Ethan Ramsey, there's a quick, quick story. Ethan Ramsey says, Zach being on the roughest water sounds like a life metaphor. The roughest water, the seas were rough that day, my friend. And I also caught a 75-pound grouper that day, my friend. It was a great day, but I think there was eight people on the boat, and six of them got sick. I was the two. Me and this other guy were catching barracuda, grouper. That was, uh, that was a Mexican deep-sea fishing trip. I, deep-sea fishing trip? Deep-sea fishing in general, that's high up on my list. Very fun. You
0: got you to go. All right, A to Z Sports, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Going to have a a big week, a lot of stuff, so make sure you're following us on Instagram at A to Z Sports, Twitter and Facebook as well. Uh, We're just going to be having tons of content, so get ready for that. And Buck Rising will be back, excuse me, Buzz Rising will be back tonight for A to Z Sports (laughs) Climetime as his week officially got going last night.
1: To infinity and beyond. All
0: right, see you later.